Twins pregame show begins in 20 minutes. So a little bit of a shorter version of playing politics with Denise Johnson and John Rash from the Star Tribune editorial board. A pleasure to both of you, both on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. John, I'm going to start with you. Scott Jensen is now the endorsed candidate uh, to oppose Tim Walls and represent the Republicans. It appears no one else, despite plenty of controversy with Kendall Qualls and uh, Mike Murphy in Rochester last uh, uh, last weekend. But it's it's seemingly just Jensen for the primary. Right now in the recent Channel 5 polling, I'm sure the Star Tribune will have polling soon, Walls has about a 5 to 6% lead over Jensen. But double figures are undecided. It's right around 13%, 14%. So that means this race is very much up in the air. What, in your opinion, and then, Denise, you follow right afterwards, what does Scott Jensen have to do to win, let's say, 9% of those undecided, and all of a sudden we basically have a pick em race? He's going to try to make it a referendum on Governor Walls as opposed to a binary choice between the governor and Scott Jensen himself. And conversely, the governor and his campaign are going to rush to further define Scott Jensen in terms of many of the controversial comments he has made regarding masks, vaccines, and in particular, his talk about jailing Minnesota Secretary of State um, Steve Simon. So I think that the Walls campaign, which has significant economic resources relative to a lot of the Republican competitors who were coming into the convention last weekend, and now Scott Jensen and his and Matt Burke and their campaign will move to try to cement in Minnesota's mind, Minnesotans' minds, the image of this being an individual who is perhaps unsteady and not in keeping with the standard, you know, Republican profile that that is often run and sometimes run successfully in this state. Denise, before you jump in, I'll say if folks want to listen, Scott Jensen was on this show a couple weeks ago, a long interview where when I pushed him on uh, Simon, he kind of he he more than kind of walked that back. But funny, Denise, at the convention, it was full throated again. What does Jensen have to do to win a, a win? Let's say seventy to eighty percent of those undecideds, and if he gets to eighty percent, Denise, he has the lead. Denise? We're going to check uh, with Dan there and make sure Denise. Um, how much do you expect, John, Jensen to move to the middle or to just say, this is who I am? And guess what? I think it is the middle. I think people saying that I'm some outlier, they're wrong. Well, he himself has already said that he wants to talk about issues beyond those that were defining the endorsement rate race. Um, You know, he told our paper, you can start to talk about what does the consumer protection look like? What does corporate responsibility look like? What's the Republican perspective on how do we conserve water and protect aquifers? And what's our position on the environment? So he's going to try to broaden the debate, as mentioned before. His opponent, Governor Walls, will try to narrow it toward his more controversial comments, including especially the ones on on vaccines, 
you know, which in, um, data would show that the death rate among vaccinated versus unvaccinated people, that the vaccines were clearly very helpful. And so that's what he's not going to want to talk about as much because those that share Scott Jensen's perspective on this will be already understanding and in keeping with his opinion. But for those undecideds you referenced in the KSTP poll and for the vast majority middle of Minnesotans, those might be new comments or refocused comments and, and uh, opinions that might make him a more controversial candidate than the Republicans have fielded in the past. Denise, as you jump in, I'll just read a uh, tweet from Scott Jensen in the last 20 minutes. Give the surplus back. Republicans hold the line. The people are behind you. That's alluding to the deal where some of it is going to government programs that uh, Governor Walls is more inclined to. And then some of that money, it's $4 million, $4 million going back to taxpayers in tax cuts that are more inclined to the Republicans – <clears throat> that's part of the reason why I don't know how much Scott Jensen is really going to adjust. I think he's going to say, this is who I am, and this is my best route to defeat Tim Walz. Well, I think if he wants to um, get some of those undecided voters, he's going to have to walk back some of his some of the positions that, that uh, he has taken and some of the issues he's running on, frankly. I mean, if you look at the polls on some of those issues of Minnesotans, they are not where um, Scott Jensen is on issues like uh, women's reproductive rights, um, uh, background checks, although he has kind of walked that one back, certainly already. Um, uh, on on guns, I think that that's where Minnesotans are on, on that issue. It does not jive with um, Jensen's positions. Uh, so I think there are a number of areas that he's either going to have to – if he sticks with them – um, he will not prevail in the fall. Denise, I'll stay with you on this one. Um, former President Trump is certainly very involved in politics. We talk about the investigations all the time. Not today. I'm not going to talk about it. But I'm going to talk about uh, primaries all across the country uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. And candidates mm -hmm. the former president supported had wins. They had losses. And then in the Pennsylvania Senate side, undecided. Do we try to make too much of a conclusion each time about the president? Or do you think we should be still taking the temperature on the 45th president when it certainly looks like every sign shows he's running again against Joe Biden in 2024? Well, I think we should be taking the, the temperature. And I certainly think that the results from last night were mixed. Um, I think it showed that he did one of the kind of takeaways there is that he still has uh, some influence in um, uh, Pennsylvania, for example, where he, where he endorsed the gubernatorial candidate, Doug Mastriano. Um, however, that same, as I say, it's mixed, that same uh, support was not enough to save um, Madison Cawthorn in North Carolina. So uh, I think certainly we should continue to, to take that temperature. Uh, as you uh, mentioned earlier, but but that it's not a guarantee. His endorsement certainly is not a guarantee that um, candidates will win. John, a little bit shorter segment today just because of the Twins game. I want to get to you on, uh, inter on an international matter because you follow that so closely. Today, Finland and Sweden made it official as they try to apply and become members of NATO. 
What do you think that does to the conflict between Russia, Ukraine, and the world? It points out what a catastrophic miscalculation President Vladimir Putin has made. One of the reasons he used to justify his invasion of Ukraine was he didn't want NATO right on his border. The border now includes potentially an 810-mile addition if Finland indeed goes on to become a a member of NATO. Finland and Sweden have very potent militaries. They're deeply ingrained in NATO procedures and protocols. They have trained with NATO, so the integration should not be any kind of a major issue. They spend a considerable amount quite close to the 2%. um, That is a suggestion that each country does of their GDP towards the common defense that NATO represents. So it is a really good sign for the Western alliance if this happens. It's a really bad sign for President Putin if it happens. While he has saber-rattled and bellicose in his threats, they don't seem to have any impact. He's backed off that a little bit. Um, And it's, again, an outcome that could have been anticipated by many Western observers seemingly wasn't in the Kremlin or no one had the guts to tell President Putin that this is the likely outcome. So, you know, it certainly potentially weakens him within domestic circles, which doesn't mean that he's going to be under direct threat to leave. But it's certainly not the outcome that he had hoped for, promised and built this campaign upon um, as he tries to sell this invasion to the Russian people. Thanks to both of you. Appreciate it. We'll uh, talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Denise Johnson and John Rash from the Star Tribune.